0: Uh, We do want to give a quick trigger warning before the beginning of this week's episode. Uh, Episode two of Silver Version is uh, got uh, some very graphic scenes. Um, So before listening to this, we do want to give you a fair warning. There is some torture uh, in this episode. It is a... A little bit of a heavy episode, but we were listening and uh, there is a quick way. If you would not like to listen to this episode uh, and you are uh, still wanting to make sure that you get the full plot going forward, please be sure to listen to the cold open for this week. That is going to be a pretty significant piece uh, this week. And Chance and I have determined that you won't be missing any huge plot points. The only thing is just some uh, character development uh, and some history on a few of these characters in the story. We want to make sure that all of our listeners feel like they're being uh, properly prepared. And we do have an explicit tag on this podcast, but uh, this is a little bit different. So uh, be forewarned going into this episode. For our announcements this week, we have some super exciting things to talk about. We have officially ordered the Tiberius Hero duels cards; those are being created right now in all of their glory. We're super excited to be able to get these out to our ten dollar tier and above. Uh, we do have a special deal going on right now that if you are to, if you jump on and either bump up your uh, current Patreon subscription to ten dollars or join the ten dollar tier this month, you will be eligible for one of those cards. So jump on over to Patreon.com/slash basically good podcast if you want to secure your spot for a hero duels card a tiberius first edition hero duels card we're so jazzed and we're going to be announcing uh officially this week we're going to be announcing our 500 hundred dollar patreon goal and all of the benefits that go with that if we are able to hit that goal we're super excited to share that with you all as well this brings us to our patron of the week danis danis is the sibling of one of our uh, significant others Danis thank you so much for your support at the small town hero tier we super appreciate you jumping in and supporting us uh, as a new supporter uh, we hope you're enjoying the show enjoying the pre-pods and enjoying everything we put out that is basically good you're helping us uh, kind of hit these milestones that we've set for ourselves and it just means the world to have your support so thank you so much Danis the Bangarang Gang episode 10 at odds is now available on our basically good uh, feed so you should be able to grab that off the rss feed today if you are not a patron catch up with episode 10 it's a a really good one we had a lot of fun recording this one so jump in and enjoy that as well we have had so many new friends join us including the great eleanor DiLorenzo joining our discord hello uh over the past week uh we're so excited to see so many new faces uh kind of joining our community um thank you so much for those of you who are listening and who have joined if you have not joined our discord yet jump on over to our uh, twitter at basically GPod uh to find that pinned tweet and join the discord through there um we have so much fun during the week uh, so many different channels now that we have to talk about uh daily life stuff most recent episode updates uh and a whole bunch of gaming uh channels and so many other channels that you can jump into uh, just to talk with the community we're so happy to have such a thriving community on that discord channel jump on over to that we also have an instagram at basically GPod, as well as a facebook you can follow and a youtube channel where we upload all of our vods for what's going on here and all of our other one shots that we do live if you have been listening for a while and haven't left a review on apple Podcasts for us we ask that you go do that right now that is a huge way uh, that we can get your support um, and it means the world for our numbers and kind of puts us in a, in a better spot to pop up on people's feeds so if you like what you're listening to please jump over and leave us a review we'd love to hear your feedback last but not least we're going to be updating our store here in a little bit we got some dice that are going to be making their way onto that store so if you've been waiting for a set do not worry more to come I'm so sorry that it's taken me so long I've had to get a few adjustments done so I can make my uh, workspace a little bit more efficient so we've invested a few more uh, fancy things that are going to make that process go by a little bit quicker so hopefully we can have a store full of dice here for you shortly that is all the announcements I have for today please enjoy this week's episode of the basically good podcast
1: We open to the dark interior of a lavish stagecoach. A thick haze of smoke circles two well-dressed men who puff on fine cigars. Between them, two Hero Duels cards fight between glasses of expensive wine on a table. One of the duelists drives their spear into the other, causing it to disintegrate in a cloud of smoke. I suggest picking up a few more cards when we get to the capital, Harold. This is a thin, chelish man with a violet suit and a large waxed mustache. Harold, a rather large chelish man with a deep green suit and a short bowler hat, scoffs and throws down a few platinum pieces. With what? I won't have a soul to my name before we get there. If only they can see me now bankrupting the Wellington estate through an adventurous card game. I should have quit banking ages ago. I should have known better to do business on terms set by a Westwood. Please, Harold, we're merely passing the time. Business will be conducted once we reach the capital. If we get there before my final hair turns gray. I don't remember this journey taking this long. Such is travel through Isker. Once you've seen one den of scoundrels, you've seen them all. Well, mark my words, Cornelius, I will be requesting a teleportation spell from the court mage this time next year, even if it means a deduction from my salary. And miss out on a game of duels with me? Harold, you can't be serious. Harold scoffs and pours himself another glass of wine, when crash! Droplets of wine go flying throughout the cabin as the two business partners are thrown wildly about. They collect themselves. The door to the cabin is thrown open to reveal a gaunt-faced Chellish boy in a suit of decorated armor. Uh, uh, Are are you all right, sirs? Are you blind, boy? We've just been jumbled and Mr. Westwood is covered in Merlot. I'm sorry, sir. It's just I don't want your excuses. Just solve it. Cornelius slams the door closed. Are you worried, Cornelius? Of a bump in the road? Of bandits? Come now, Harold. Isker may be a ravaged land of miscreants and green devils, but none would dare strike the Cornerica Straits. No. We're in the safest place in this entire country. Now, Cornelius sets up the small table and lays down a Hero Duel's card. Where were we? And we cut to black. We open to darkness. We hear the sound of stone grating against stone and chains clinking against each other and the sounds of large gears turning. We see Urkel bound and with a dark hood over his head, standing next to Burns the butcher, and another elite guard of the Geeve. And we see as they are slowly descending down the large elevator They reach the final floor, the seventh level. We see Burns muttering to the the shaken guard next to him as he pulls out the lantern clipped onto his belt. Yeah, we see him turn a small knob near its base and the flames grow brighter illuminating the central area of this frozen over cell block. We hear the chittering whispers coming from a dark passageway and Burns shoves the guard and Urkel forward down a cell block. They reach one of the cells. Burn pulls out A ring of keys places it in the lock and turns it. And the large adamantine door opens. Time passes as we see Burns, shackling Urkel. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot. Where he's barely suspended above the ground in this pitch black 10 by 10 cube. His hood is removed, and the last thing Urkel sees before utter darkness is the menacing grin of Burns the Butcher, illuminated by his dark lantern, as the cell door slams shut. What is Urkel thinking? Uh, he's
0: definitely um, in in the mindset of um, <clears throat> this is over, and um, obviously something sinister is afoot. Uh, the last thing remembering before darkness was the kind of the confused and shocked face of, of Alec, um, knowing that Alec, I believe, he believes now assumes that something's completely wrong and crooked here. So he feels like he's got Alec uh, in the mix and um, assumes his friends are on the way. And so now um, as the door kind of shuts, uh, Urkel, who was once kind of quiet and just allowing um, himself to be moved around um, and not really saying anything, immediately goes into kind of this hyper-focus mode of trying to find a way out, checking the chains, um, and is looking, you know, intently trying to get some sort of vision in this darkness to um you know kind of start planning an escape
1: yeah um like i said you are being suspended a bit above the air so your feet aren't right. touching the ground but it's done in a way to where it's not like cutting off any circulation or right like any anything like right. that okay um but you're just not able to touch the ground um you don't have full kind of like control of your appendages um, you're a bit yeah. restrained and due to the the blackness of the walls and the stone you can't see anything it, okay. you feel like you're floating in a void um, okay. and you're just incredibly cold and the only thing that reminds you that you're not floating in a void is the you can feel the, the freezing chains on your on your wrists and ankles would I be like able to discern any like what the chains are made out of or is it just too dark um yeah I would say it's just too dark okay All right. but I mean you tug on them or like like you do anything and it's just like there's no give whatsoever
0: okay um then I think I think after you know however long um he begins to start um, thinking about, uh, you know, it's a prison. It's obviously operated by people. Um, he's wondering if he's ever going to be checked on. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe still trying to piece together some answers of why uh the Golden Knight's face is deformed when it wasn't earlier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not making any sense. Right. Because I think up until this point, he was putting all his chips, obviously, in that basket, right? Like, right. this is it, this is what I saw. And you now he's kind of second-guessing a few things. Mm-hmm. Trying, I think, to keep his mind off the kind of grim reality right now, you know? hmm Clean onto some sort of hope. Clean onto some sort of thought outside of being suspended in a freezing hellscape.
1: Right. Um, Do you try to do anything, or are you just letting time pass and being in your thoughts? Um.
0: I think he would do maybe call out. Um. I mean, there's he's he's is he in he's in is he still in his clothes? Yeah, same clothes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you would call out and listen. Um, maybe just calling out for any sort of uh, guard or other prisoners in the area. Um, could I do like a perception check to see if I hear like any anyone else?
1: Mm-hmm. Natural one. um yeah you yell and scream and you just kind of feel the echo of your um your shout kind of bounce along you know your cell um but you hear nothing like even if you're just completely quiet control your breathing whatever it's just like that awful sound of silence you know yeah um i
0: think at one point you know after, you know, trying to use kind of the more, like, um, the calm part of his mind, he just starts to kind of yank on the chains a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get his heart rate up and just see what would happen if he just pulled really, really hard just yeah. to see what, what, if, if anything, he could get it to
1: give. Um, yeah, give me an athletics check. Okay, a little better. Twenty eight. If you were imagining like normal steel chains, you might feel some form of give after straining like that. Um but you don't feel any kind of give with these chains. Okay. So okay, you would imagine they've gotta be something stronger than your average steel. Right. Okay. Um
0: Yeah, then I guess I guess I guess he just kinda hangs his head. And Thanks. You know? Just kind mm-hmm. of, I would say, at a certain point, depending on how long time's passing, like he's just kind of thinking about the last couple of months, and he's thinking about his friends, and mm-hmm. um I would say occasionally, like, Tiberius enters his mind, and I don't think he's ready to think about it yet. I think he just kind of pushes that out and um is still trying to search for hope, but also. Wondering if he should have been more careful, Mm -hmm. you know, if he should have tried to like cut, cut from an adventuring party when we started to get a little noisy in the Moengi, and just wondering if, if any of that was the right decision.
1: Yeah. Over time, as you are kind of suspended and just thinking, um, I don't know if you know about these, but have you heard about those? Like, um, they're like eggs. Um, they look like white eggs in real life, and you can go into them. They're like these pods, and they're they've got water, and you can like lay in them, and the like top part closes, and they're oh. basically suspended in water floating and it just it kills all your senses yeah it's a sense like a it's like salt
0: water and you like floating it Mm -hmm. and you it's like the same temperature as your body so you just don't feel or hear anything yes
1: yeah so this this would be uh somewhat similar to that except it's freezing cold right but over time you just feel yourself like you know floating and just like You feel very weightless and not very connected to your own body. You're just, like, in your head. Right. And, like, time passes, and like you said earlier, you're kind of waiting to see if you're going to get checked on at all. And you notice that you do not feel hungry or thirsty at all. Oh, boy. So you have no... Desire to eat or drink. And as, you know, maybe an hour or so ticks on, you imagine you are, your body needs rest and you're tired, but you do not feel tired or sleepy at all. And no matter how hard you try, you cannot go to sleep. Man. Um... You're just in the state of limbo, of yeah. being completely neutral. I think that
0: sinks in and he kind of, you know, being more exposed to magic and more exposed to even, like, the ring that Frizz has, like, knowing how possible that is, it's just... um think like he's starting to panic a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is a long... This is going to be a long existence if if this is true. You know, I think he's still trying to wait for it to, like, kind of prove to be not just his own, like, anxiety, but, like, actually something that is real.
1: Right. And what feels like a long amount of time that you're just not sure how long, right? It could be... Hours, days, weeks, you don't know. You just feel like it's been forever since you've seen any kind of light or there's been any kind of change in your environment. You feel the pressure of the room shift and through a crack in the wall, light just enters and blinds you from the door opening. You see... Kind of standing in the doorway, your eyes begin to adjust. You see Burns, the Butcher, again, holding his lantern, which is the source of light. The light is reflecting off bright, shiny gold armor Mm. as the Golden Knight stands before you. And next to him, you see, shorter, almost half his size, there is a man... In black robes, wearing a gold plated smiling mask. Oh no. And on the black robes, you spot something similar you've seen before. And it is the symbol of the Scarlet Triad, the red um, Triforce esque. Symbol that is kind of sewn in through the black robes here and there. The golden knight holds his hand out; it burns. Uh, yep, uh, I'll just stay out here then. And kind of like takes a few steps away as the golden knight and this short-robed man enter. The golden knight kind of pulls out a never-burning torch and kind of sets it and the in the room. And the door closes.
0: I think Urkel looks up and um, it all just kind of like sets in, you know. I, I think he kind of has this moment of... Um, it's like a mix of like fear and like near total defeat. Um, and he just says... so so this is it so this is this is what it feels like to lose you should be proud of yourself Dominic or whatever your real name is You hide in the shadows like dogs. In fact, I'm quite used to fighting creatures like you. Goblins are finicky and deadly creatures. In the daylight, they're weak and are easily slain, but at night, while you're sleeping, while no one's watching, they creep in and they slit your throat, and you, you are like goblin dogs. And like I've killed hundreds before,
1: I'll kill you too. (laughs) oh <laughs> my boy And you see the Masked man removes the gold Plated mask to reveal The face of Vero You fucking piece of shit And he's just gonna like Rattle in his chains mm-hmm. if he even can Right <laughs> Vero just like laughs and wipes You know like a tear from his eye Oh How, how you've fallen, my boy. I told you, leave the rat killing to me. But no, you just had to go and get in the middle of it, didn't you? Honestly, I didn't think you had it in you sad, pathetic old soldier toiling away in his cramped office. That was your job. But it wasn't who I am.
0: While I was over there in the expanse, crushing your feeble attempt at an operation, I spoke to a man who told me that if I continue to push down a piece of me, to cut away at pieces of me. Then I'm denying myself of who I am in Julius Vero. I used to think that I was doing something good for this community, for these people. But I now realize that I was just a pawn, a paper pusher, and you pushed me down to deny myself and guess what? The part of Urkel that's a man. The part I so wanted to be more than anything. You fucking killed him. And what's left is going to rip you limb from limb. You mark my words. You should have killed me when you had the chance. So do your worst. Come in here with your crony while you're safe. While I'm in chains, you'll get no further. You ought to
1: slit my throat here now. Uh, Vote. I I think we've got a bit more chipping to do on Mr. Short here. Think there's a bit of fat that can be trimmed. Vote. You see the Golden Knight removes his helm, and as he does, you see, you see the same dark burns across his face. Part of the flesh is even missing in some parts. He reaches for a flask in his belt, uncorks it, begins to drink. And slowly you see his face begin to shift and the pigment move from red blotchy pink to a fainter whitish pigment. Hair begins to grow and, and you see the face of a bearded man with salt and pepper, long hair. And a scar over his eye, one of his eyes. And you would remember this as the portrait that Aaron showed you like months ago.
0: Lictor Lucian Vote. You and Vero, hiding behind masks. I guess I should applaud you. You
1: fooled everyone. Yes, Mr. Vote here has been under my... Wing for quite some time. As you know, you've. He needed a place to hide from the Order of the Rack, you see. It's a man wanted for the state of Sheliax. But he had much to offer me as well. Now, I want you to know, Urkel, you're not all alone here. Your friend, Miss Lorraine, it's just one cell over. Must be nice to be reunited with an old friend. Because Lorraine is no one special to me.
0: Are you going to let me out to see her?
1: Talk to her? Oh, no. But, if you're lucky, you might be able to hear her screams as well. And know that you're not the only one suffering here in this pit. Now, before we begin, I have some questions for you, Mr. Short. And this will go a lot easier if you answer me. As you know, I always get what I want in the end. Now, where is the keystone to Huntergate?
0: Mr. Vote, do you trust this man? Do you trust this man to treat his second-in command with respect and kindness and loyalty?
1: Aye, that I do, Mr. Short. I did too. Mr. Short, I'm going to ask once more. Where is the keystone to Huntergate? What's in it for me? All right. Vote, if you would please. And he is going to pull something out of his bag. And you see it is a twisted, gnarled crown made of dark black nails that you realized have been welded and fashioned into a crude crown. And he presents it to Vero. You know, this here is a ancient relic of the Order of the Nail. They've all been wiped out, yet this here remains here, safe with the last lictor, Mr. Vote. Now, what did you say, Vote, that you Use this on all of the criminals that you would bring in to get them to answer for their crimes in court? Aye, Mr. Vero. Yes, and they did scream. But they always told us what we needed. Now, it's a bit gruesome for my taste, but, you know, Hell Knights aren't the most civilized of... Enforces, but they get the job done and with that he's going to like kind of slam it onto your head and you just feel like the nails just kind of driving into your skull a bit as you kind of like maybe fight back he just like presses down and you slowly feel the warm trickle of blood kind of like rolling down your your forehead and your eyes kind of like flash like you see kind of bright you know you see white from the pain but when you open your eyes again you see there is a third figure in the room and it is a very tall woman with dark shadowy skin wearing kind of a dark red plate armor Fashioned from sharp, jagged bones. On her head, you see two large ram horns. On her back is a large great axe. And she has two black, feathery wings on either side of her. Oh, man, I'm
0: very afraid.
1: And <sighs> this, like, eight foot tall devil kind of appears. And it it's just kind of looming in the room. Who, who's this? You see the Order of the Nail, they have a fondness for the denizens of hell and, well, I don't remember too much, but Mr. Vote here has told me that one of the first lictors of his order made a pact with one of these enforcers of hell. And whenever this crown is used, they are summoned to help us get what we want. Now, Urkel Short, where is the keystone to Huntergate?
0: I think he just kind of sits at the ground for a long, or like stares at the ground for a long time. And I think his face, like, was, like, intense and caring and angry, and I think it just goes flat and somber. And then he looks up at Julius and just says, Go to hell.
1: And he smiles, and you see the devil moves forward, pulls out a nail, grabs your hand, and just drives it through your palm. (laughs) Now tell me, Urkel, where's that keystone? You'll never find it. Oh, I think we will. And then you feel another nail just being driven into your forearm. Where's the keystone, Circle?
0: It's again like that cycle. I think it's just happening a lot. I think it's a cycle of what happens when you take the easy way out. More mm-hmm. people get hurt um and he still feels really strongly that um there's only a few things he can do left to help yeah um and like is coming to the like really really notices like obviously he can't take much more of this and if they're if they keep driving nails eventually his body will go into shock and he's probably just gonna die um and so I think he like last two raws just like I'll never tell you
1: You you won't win We watch as continually Fero asks the same question over and over and one by one this large devil impales Urkel with a variety of different sized nails into various parts of his body until we finally see him bleeding from many different sources as he hangs. And we see The devil is holding one last nail kind of to his forehead. Last chance, Urkel. All you have to do is tell me where I can find that keystone. And this will all be over.
0: like goblins that hide in caves. My friends will find you, and they'll kill you.
1: Fuck you. Vera smiles, and with that, the last nail is driven into your skull, and your eyes go white from the pain. And you feel Nothing. And then your eyes flutter back open. You see there is no tall devil in the room anymore. And you look at your wounds and none of them are there. Vero plucks the crown from your head. And you see that the only blood on your body is from the crown. And Vera smiles and said, Well, though I think he's had enough for one day, we'll be back tomorrow.
0: Oh no! I think at that Urkel's eyes just get bigger than his head, and he just starts having a major panic attack. At fully believing that was it, right? Yeah. Fully believing the secret dies with him, and that's his last hurrah, but...
1: I guess not. And with that... He slams. He kicks and slams the door shut, and you're back into floating in an abyss of darkness. What's going on in Urkel Brain?
0: Urkel Brain is applesauce, I think. (laughs) I think there's this weird shift, I think, that's happening to where like. He's processing now what just happened, and he's trying to think about how much time has passed, and he's—it's like everything is coming in at once. And if he's gonna get out, there's this weird, vague specter thing, and he doesn't know if it's gonna like follow him on the way out if he could ever get out. And I think he's just—he's just panicking, and um, he's weighing out what happens um, if he spills the secret and this like dark thought enters his mind of like maybe they'll kill me and like maybe that's okay because he's spent Mm -hmm. right now he's spent this is the second time over the course of a few days where he thought he was gonna die. And I think I think he he is like, especially if what Vera says is true and they're just gonna do this every day, like, there's a part of him that's like, I just want this to be over. Um, and the hope that he had, you know, several hours ago, day ago, a week ago, is now rapidly fading. And mm-hmm. um I think I think it's one of those things where like the the memories of friends of a party are like blurring from like exhaustion and it's Mm -hmm. like right now his reality is a dark pit and um that's what this place is designed to do right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is to to like weasel weasel away any sort of hope um that you could have
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think there's one thing he wants to try left and I think after I think after just like, you know, however much time goes by, he's just going to scream out for Vaz Lorraine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just scream out, like as loud as he can. And mm-hmm. see if he hears anything.
1: Yeah, you do. And... there's just silence after that.
0: He hangs his head and gets very quiet
1: and waits. All right. The next day, the same thing happens. And the next day and the next day And we're at a point now where you don't know how many days it's been. Um, In real time, it's been about a week. As we're getting closer to present day. And at this point, the psychological um, part of not eating or drinking or sleeping through all this, and your mental um, gauge of time is just completely gone. Um, More recently, you it has just been vote coming. He doesn't have to ask the questions because you know what they're wanting. And it is now when is standing there, leaned against the wall, that I'm gonna ask for a will save to determine if Urkel has the mental fortitude to not give in to this level of, of torture.
0: It is all on the table now. Um, do I have any hero points? urkel have a hero point i think he's got one
1: (laughs) well yeah so our our hero point system is by player and zach i I believe you have i believe you have one (gasps) because you from our as of time of recording this you have one which will mean if you use it now you will not be able to use it for sarah later
0: right um I think I am gonna use it I think I'm gonna throw a plus eight okay on here
1: the other guys are gonna be pissed
0: I know <laughs> I know but they're also gonna be pissed if I bring them away and keep down in <laughs> fiery ball of flames yeah uh, natural 20. oh my god so waste <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just a waste of a hero point.
0: Oh waste of a hero point natural twenty, I'm gonna show you. Uh, I'll get my, yeah. my it, <laughs> I it's 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 amazing. Amazing. I got a one and a twenty on both like two rolls for this whole episode. Amazing. What
1: uh what is the total?
0: Uh yes, that's actually a really good question. It is
1: I'm sure it'll work, but forty-two. All right. It's actually a critical success, so... Holy cow. Play that how you will. Okay, Yes,
0: I think... I think this is what's happening. I think... that Urkel has been replaying what happened in his father's house over and over and over again in his head, and I think... He's replaying Slaying the Bargist and um, watching calare become Coletti. And um, I think he is just constantly replaying scenes in his head. But I don't think it's pretty, if that makes sense. I don't think it's this... Like, oh, the power of friendship is going to help me here. I think he's just quietly going insane. And um, at this point, uh, he wouldn't know. It's like I would assume what it's like to be in hell. Yeah. And it's pure hopelessness. Like, this is my eternity, and I'm going to suffer day in and day out. And... um the hope of being rescued, gone. The hope of, um, ever having what he once had, even before, you know, a few months ago when he left the bank, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he is just mentally, like, the, the warm, endearing, um, hopeful half work is dead. Um, uh, or dying. And, I uh, just as Vote is not talking, I think Urkel just wails in pain. And when it's over, he just hangs his head and sits there again. I don't think
1: he talks anymore. Yeah, Vote finishes up once again, pulls the crown of nails from your head, laughs, kind of walks away slams the door shut. And hours pass by floating in the darkness when you hear a voice in your head. You might think it's a hallucination. Your mind playing tricks on you, but you hear the voice of Aaron. And he says, Erky, Aaron here. I see
0: you in that dark box. How did you get in there?
1: How do we get you out? Only 25 words. What do you do when you hear this? I think at this
0: point he doesn't feel like he's even alive anymore a little bit um like almost like ethereal is how I think he feels like like you mentioned like just floating in 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 darkness and um the cheeriness I think in Aaron's voice is like breaking a mirror um Like, shattering glass, I think, around this, like, small cage that he's been in, um, letting in just a little bit of light, and um, I think the hope that was gone and has been gone for so long, like, flutters in his stomach, and he feels something for, like, the first time in what feels like a year, Mm -hmm. when it may have just been, like, a, a week um, but I think with like the flood of this it's like he feels immense like a mixture of immense grief, guilt and happiness like all in like one ball Um, as he like let himself forget you know he like let himself forget that there were people out there still looking for him, you know, and uh, it's his group, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it it's like this overwhelming flood of like mixed emotions and um, he like like cracks a smile and laughs a little bit and like streams of tears just start coming down his face and he like has to regain a little bit of composure but still doesn't do a very good job of it um, thinks as hard as he can, um, and has already kind of forgotten some of the questions that Aaron asked, um, and counts out 25 words and says, (laughs) (laughs) It's so damn cold. Blindfolded me. Lowered me down a platform. They shut the door. Vote visits me. It's so cold. I can't take it. Help me. After that last word, um, I think he settles in the silence a little bit more comfortably maybe um, that this this may not be it. Um, and maybe it's like Ill, ill-placed. Maybe it's like ill-placed hope. Um, but there is hope. And he lets his shoulders relax a little bit, which I'm sure just rocks at this point, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but he hangs his head from pure exhaustion, but has a little bit of fire inside of him
1: and hope. Time passes, and the door opens again sometime later. You see that it is not just vote this time, but Vero as well, wearing his gold-plated mask. And they walk in. Same routine. And Vero says, Well, I must say, Mr. Short, your willpower is a lot stronger than I gave you credit for. But, I need to know where that keystone is. You see, I must keep to my schedule.
0: It's, a... I <clears throat> I think his voice is cracking, you know, just from not talking. It's a very strange thing. To keep a schedule. In pure darkness, time passes around me and I'm left to nothing but my thoughts and pain. Do you know what that's like, Julius? To wait. To wait.
1: Yes, I vaguely felt this way when I died. If you remember, you shoved me off the top of the bank. It was a lot of pain and darkness and grief. But (laughs) luckily, I am a prepared man with many enemies, so I made sure to have a backup plan in case anything like that might happen. Now, I never thought it would be a sorry sod like yourself that would get the best of me, but yes, Mr. Urkel, I've felt my fair share of pain. And you wait. You lie in wait to strike.
0: That symbol on your chest seems to follow me and my my friends around everywhere we go, all over Galarian. I'm curious. Mr. Vero. What are you waiting
1: for? Uh, Well, Mr. Short, I'm the one asking questions here today. But you should know that my associates and I do keep a tight schedule. And I must say your little adventurer to the expanse caused quite an issue with that schedule. But if you feel as though you've done some heroic deed, I'm sorry to tell you that... We're getting right back to where we were. But you're
0: missing... You're missing what I have to offer you, and it sounds like whatever information that I have is holding you up. Once you know where the keystone lies, what do you plan to do with it? You and your... Scarlet
1: Triad, is it? Ah, so you have heard of us. Yes, Mr. Short, me and my associates are very well spread throughout this realm. And something like Alceta's ring in dissembling the keystones would allow us to conduct our business much more efficiently. As to the keystone of Hunter Gate, while it is needed eventually, that band of cultists no longer exists, and nor does my operation of mining gold. So if you think holding back that information for. A few more weeks is going to detract our grand goal. You are surely mistaken, Mr. Short.
0: Unfortunate, because Mr. Vero, it looks to me. And Urkel takes like a big breath of cold air and says, it looks to me like you're a swab on the deck. You are tasked with working the rigging. And it seems to me that you can't even do that. You can't get what you need out of me. What is the captain of the ship to do when the swab can't
1: work the rigging? You see him pull out a knife and flick it open. Do it. Mr. Vote, do you think Mr. Short here can tell us what we need to know without that silver tongue of his? And he's going to, like, grab your hair and, like, pull, like, rest the knife on your tongue. Interesting, is it, Mr. Short? This small bit of muscle is the sharpest weapon you have in your arsenal. Who would you be without it? Tell me. Where's the
0: keystone? Is this how he treats you? Vote? Carves you up when you step out of line? I see those scars. Did you suffer the same fate?
1: (laughs) No, Mr. Short. These burns were of my own doing. You see? The Order of the Rack were never going to stop hunting me, while this face was still attached to my skull. No. I plunged my head into the burning coals, and in turn, I came back a changed man. Mr. Vero here has seen to it that I've been protected ever since. Now, feel free, Mr. Vero, to cut this man's tongue out. While I would enjoy him squirming, I think we both know that information is more important at the moment. And you see Vero breathe and let you cut out his hand like, Loosens its grip on your hair and you like rip yourself free. And he slips the knife back into his pocket and like runs his hand through his greasy white hair. You're right, vote. Not the right mindset for this today. You and your friends have really gotten the best of me, Mr. Short. Ah, I see you don't know. They hide like rats in the city above, cowering in their holes. But no, the second they come out, they will be caught and I will not have any mercy on them. So, if they've come here looking for you, let them come. Vote, finish this. And he begins to turn and walk for the door.
0: Mr. Vero, your time, your schedule, It's
1: running out. And he hangs his head. And that is where we'll end this episode.